Hi, and welcome to The Commons at HBC, a podcast and virtual space for community, conversation, and connection brought to you by the Young Adult Ministry of Highland Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I am your host, David Bannister, longtime member who's volunteered all over the church. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The concept is simple. We will meet with our guest, hear what's going on at the church, and discuss this past week's sermon. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Commons at HBC. I'm your host, David Bannister, and today marks the beginning of Advent for us on the podcast. Um, and I have a very special guest with me today, and it is our very own Aaron Phelps. Hi, Aaron. How's it going? Hi, David. I am happy to be back in this digital space with you. It's yeah. going great. <laughs> I'm glad you're here with me. I know it's, uh, as, as you, as everybody knows, we're in like day 200 something of the pandemic and that is our life. That is what we're dealing with. Who knew we would still be here after almost eight months? Has it been three March. Yeah. Um, nine months, close to nine months of this. Um, and it's, we're still here, right? So yeah, doing our best. Uh, last time I was on the podcast, I believe we had just entered lockdown. It was like, we'll see. But again, <laughs> we find spaces like this to still be together. Mm-hmm. So um, at, like we normally do, we're going to, we're going to chat a little bit and see how you're doing. I'll talk a little bit about how I've been doing since it's been a while since we've had a podcast. I, I tried to, to keep up with everything and I did not. Um, (laughs) One of the things I was realizing is I, I had to let a few things go and the podcast was something I just kind of let go for a while. Um, You know, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy it but it's a lot of work. And so I, I've been focusing on some other projects and things and that's kind of where we're at. Um, but anyway, let's jump into some questions. Uh, how have you been doing? Uh, I have been actually pretty decent. I am, um, you know, all things considered, uh, since we last met up, I am now in seminary um, since the last time I was on the pod, and I'm at Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary, and things are going all right. Um, you know, it's Zoom school, so everyone's being really safe, but, uh, you know, classes are good, learning lots of cool things, and in Highland News, I was really honored to be nominated and ordained as a deacon, so that's something new that's happening in church life that is kind of a fun facet of keeping up with church and people in church and meeting new people and all that stuff too and it was really special because my uh, deacon ordination fell on my birthday so it was really special because I got to do something a little unique even though it was such a weird time to celebrate so yeah yeah um so I have been reactivated as a deacon for our new neighborhood groups deal and that's been, um, it's been a good little thing to kind of connect with some people I haven't been connecting with, um, especially since it's people around our neighborhood, right? That's, that's really nice. Um, but I am so happy that you're a deacon and I'm just also so incredibly like, uh, not, I, I told you I wanted to stay positive, but like not having that full deacon ordination experience really hurts my heart for you. Um, Cause that's so special. Yes. It is special. And I was told that the thing, that was the thing that was really cool is that um, even though it was different um, and it, it was sort of like, Oh, I miss people would talk about the energy in the room or things like that. Um, one really nice touch that has continued to actually encourage me beyond that is that um, the, um, I guess it's like a prayer shawl ministry group, I'm really not that familiar with them, or knitting or quilting ministry group, made each of us um, n- like knit or crocheted prayer shawls. So it's really awesome because um, 
it was a way to have a physical touch that was representative of what the laying of hands would have been like but also it's really neat because it hangs out now on the chair in the den where i do a lot of schoolwork, and it's kind of a nice little um long-term reminder that was very sweet that someone gave that and now it lives with me at my house and is reminiscent of that specific version so you know we held on to some stuff that was different but um also it was just my good luck to be able to be in the sanctuary at all before we had to get a lot stricter now so um just that little bit of time really helped my heart for <laughs> holding out for the next few months that's awesome yeah um well i'm gonna i am doing okay still working um one of the more here i go not being uplifting again one of the less uh fun things about my job is i'm involved in the kind of the covid tracking at my work so i get to look at this really and i've been helped engineer this report this really um terrible report that just kind of pulls all of the bad news of the nation dealing with covid together and i get to talk to leaders about the situation and it's not it's not fun um but it's i've never i, I really like the purpose um and how important this work has been even if it's you know for a corporation it's still helping people stay safe um and but it really drives home to me the importance of how we all have to take care of each other because a lot of people are not taking care of themselves or each other out in the nation and it's very clear um speaking of like yeah. my I just the other day my sister is positive with covid like uh, that was something I, I learned about two days ago and she's fine she's doing okay she's i think she's good only, i think she's only 24 23 she should be she should just turn 24 maybe 25 i'm really bad at years um but she's she's all right i think she thinks she's through the worst of it we're just concerned if if anybody else had been exposed from her and uh, but other than that well like, things are good for us i uh, can't complain i'm in christmas decorating mode yeah i have enjoyed your instagram it really brings me joy that i can't see the house in person but i see developments um so that's christmas spirit spread around and uh i knew that about your work a little bit but i don't think i realized how deep that was too so um yeah i can imagine it's it, i'm glad you have outlets though for for fun and connection yeah and like i and, and this isn't like i work in the sales part of humana um and so i work with the leaders and the uh the leaders of the sales agents that sell medicare to seniors across the nation and so our work is important because our sales agents are so used to like sitting across the table from people. But anyway, that's all, that's all we have about Humana. Um, the bottom line is you're doing a good job. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm doing my best. We're all doing our best. It's a lot of stressed people. You know, this is our busiest time of the year known as open enrollment when all of the seniors have to designate their company for the next year that they have for healthcare and you know, a lot of very stressed people. And it's been amazing to be at a company that I feel like does value both the associates and our customers. Like, I, I know that's like, a, it sounds like, a, that sounds like a normal message to make, but I do it from my point of view, it, it's nice to be at a company that seems like they care. So, um, well, all right. My second question for us to talk about, how have you been coping? Also pretty okay. Um, there have been ups and downs. One of the best things that I was able to do um, was that I, in October, set aside some time where I did a little bit of quarantine at home, took a rapid test, and then went to Cincinnati for the first overnight since last Christmas. And so that's where my family lives. 
Um, so really being mindful about when and how I soaked up family time was restorative, kind of like being in the church, like I mentioned, just a little bit is so much more meaningful than goes a long way. And in the day-to-day, -day, I um, am trying to find new shows to enjoy. I just freaked out about Ted Lasso. It's very sweet and positive, and um, it's on Apple TV+, Plus, which is yet another streaming service, but also um, you, you can go far on that free trial, is all I'm going to say. I'm not advocating not paying for something, but if they give you some days for free, use them. Um, and use them on Ted Lasso, because it's really cute. So yeah, trying to keep positive stuff like that in my environment. As usual, I am keeping up with romance novel reading, although not quite as consistently because I have actual homework to be reading now. And so, um, but every so often too, I'll feel my brain, this is so wild, but I'll feel my brain being stressed out. And the way some people would be like, you need to meditate. My brain is like, girl, read a romance novel <laughs> because it just creates that little bit of separation, a little guarantee that things will be okay and, um, you know, kind of a positive energy. So those are my main things in terms of like coping and how I kind of stay in it from the day to day. Um, anything new with you on that front? Um, well, first off, I will totally check out that show because... I just upgraded my iPhone. Uh, I sorry, I technology really is a coping a coping mechanism for me, right? Technology. So I got to upgrade my iPhone, and it came with a full free year of Apple uh, Apple TV. So I will totally check that out. Even though you said Apple TV Plus, which makes me now worried. Like, do I just have? I the think it's. It's the same thing okay. for those of us who don't have it through our Apple services. It's like okay. It's like saying, oh, I'm signing up for Netflix. It's, yeah. it's kind of the name of their streaming service, not the way you buy TV. It's very weird and complicated, right. but yeah, you'll definitely have access to it. Yeah. So uh, Stephen and I have been enjoying some shows together. Um, you know, we are, our, our summer, our summers usually get committed to like Big Brother and they did do a season of Big Brother this summer with all stars and i'm not gonna go into it it was a hot mess it was everything we kind of needed but also hated at the same time um that and, and that was a big commitment we actually kept up with it this year normally it would be like we're catching up weeks at a time because it's for those of you that don't know what big brother is it's like three episodes a week three one hour episodes a week it's quite a commitment we were actually able to like keep up with it in real time during all of this so we've had that um we just got back into uh star star trek discovery um and if you are trekkie um even if you don't like star trek i totally recommend it it's through cbs um uh and it's totally um i don't know we just love it it's it's everything i i need it's serious it's adult it's a little dark for like a lot of the old school star trek people don't like it um but it's also like movie quality television and so um we, we watched a few other series, um, Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. And that was wild. That is a horror show completely. Like I'm freaking out, but master, master class in like storytelling. Um, Steven read the book and he says the show took the book to a level it couldn't have achieved on its own. So I totally recommend it. Um, outside these of television. Great. What was that? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, these are all great. I'm taking note. Um, I also was going to say, your big brother watching is sort of like any good spiritual practice. You know, it's about commitment, right? Yes, it's the same it sort is. of thing. It's like, you know, if you want to meditate or do some sort of devotional, like it's the same deal. You just have to really commit to what bring bro big brother brings to you. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, I've been, honestly, I've been watching Big Brother since college. Uh, I mean, they're in the, this was the 22nd season, 23rd season, and I've been watching it since season six. So, <laughs> like, 
since before college for me, right? Like this has been a this has been a love hate thing for a long time. I've missed a couple of seasons here and there from a busy summer, right? But I've been watching it a long time. I would never claim to be like a super fan, but I'm a loyal fan. So I love the, the distinction. In my mind, you sound like a super fan, but I'm sure the real super fans are a whole other level. So yes. I respect you for that. Yes, there are people that are rewatching those old seasons. And I'm like, no, never, never we're going to rewatch a season. Um, outside of television, I've been keeping very busy. Um, uh, we already kind of discussed that getting ready for Christmas, um, crafting a lot of new Christmas decorations for my house. Um, I have five Christmas trees. I've, I've only fully set up one of them, have to do the other four. One of them's in the, you can see in the webcam, no, the, our listeners camp, but I got, um, but there is a tree. Yes. yes there. there is a tree there. I, I still need to, yeah, still got a lot of work to do to get those going. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to craft some tree skirts. I have too many trees. I used to only put out one tree. I just never got rid of my old trees um, over the years with the hopes that I would always need more trees. And so I've upgraded my trees. So I have really nice, I, I have a evolution of trees from my first tree, which was like $20 and it's like five feet tall. It's really short. That's going to be my sentimental tree. Right. And then I have, um, a range of trees of where I've upgraded from better deals. Um, and to the, our newest tree, which I posted on Facebook a while ago, it's a nine footer, gorgeous, uh, sitting in the window of our, our front of our house. Um, a lot of, just a lot of joy from that. I also bought a, uh, a knitting machine, um, which is allowing me to like make new hats um and scarves and stuff so i'm i've been wasting some time in front of the tv actually doing something productive while i'm sitting there um which has been nice to to do um trying to you know just be a little more productive my major coping so steven and i i was talking to steven about this article recently i read and it was talking about how we might have at this point in the pandemic if we've been taking it seriously, um, we might've fallen in some bad habits and, or not the best habits, maybe not a bad habit. Right. Um, I, and how we just got to give ourselves a little grace. Um, and something I've always kind of struggled with over the course of my life is, um, video game addiction. Um, and I, you know, I, I did a check-in with Stevens after reading that article and I was like, you know, I know I'm, I'm playing every night before bed and I wanted to see like, am I, are you disappointed? Where are we at? How, how, and, and we, you know, talked about it and it's really been my kind of Zen thing before I go to bed. Um, and sometimes, I mean, in most times that means Steven goes to bed before me. Right. And I don't know, it's, I know it's not the best habit, it keeps me up later at night. It does those things, but it's like my alone therapy time. And it is, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm processing through that. You know, I, he, he made the point. He's like, well, you, you do the dishes before you go to bed. Uh, you are not playing video games during the day anymore. It's mostly just these evening hour, like late evening hour video games. And, I'm okay with it. And so I'm like, all right, feel good about that. But video games have definitely been my, my regular evening thing. I, I've struggled to, I've really struggled with sleep in, in a, the last several months. Um, if I go to bed at 10 o'clock, which I can do, I've, I've fallen into the rut where like I wake up at 3 a.m. and I can't fall back asleep until like 6 a.m. Right. And so this habit of me going to bed at midnight actually allows me to sleep all the way to like eight o'clock. I don't need a terrible amount of sleep to function on, especially since I can take a nap here and there, but it's just, you know, coping wise. Uh, I definitely feel a couple things you were saying. One is the sleep thing. Sometimes when I go to bed at 10, I don't have your waking up problem, but I do almost sleep too hard. So by the time I wake up, I have those really, like, not even intense scary, but just very lifelike 
process oriented dreams. So I wake up exhausted and it's like, well, I could have stayed up till midnight. So I feel you and I support you getting what you need for sleep. Um, but also I don't have the same attachment to video games, but I, you mentioning it made me think one of my things I've picked up a lot is to just sort of clear my brain while I also enjoy a podcast or wind down is I've played a freakish amount of Tetris <laughs> lately. Probably not nearly as great a game as you're playing, but sometimes you just have to find your thing that helps you get to the mental level you need to be at. So I hear you there. Oh, anyway, sorry, video games. Um, anyway, last question. Um, our check-in is going to be longer than our sermon discussion. Watch. <laughs> uh, the last question I have, and it's specifically to you. Um, you mentioned it. How is Divinity School going? How are you? How is the experience, I know it's mostly virtual. Um, and then I hear one of your Divinity School project, projects you have is it going as a, pro, uh, a podcast. So tell us all about it. Yes. So, um, yeah. So the seminary experience has been really good in a way I am a little bit surprised about because we all know Zoom fatigue is real. But, um, you know, I my professors have been deeply understanding and have really made sure that we get the content needed for our courses without overloading us and expecting us to carry on like everything is status quo because it's not. And so um, I am really thankful for the way they have met us. And also um, our cohort is of course facing the challenge of getting to know each other when all we have technically are these Zoom classes. And so I'm really thankful that the people I'm in seminary with are like down for the experience. We are all doing this in a weird way together. I think we benefit by starting seminary this way because it's like starting with an intentionality to find each other and meet each other and create community over time um, because no one's going to do that for us, right? <laughs> we don't have the random periods to kill between class where we go grab lunch. That's not a reality. And so instead, um, I've been so lucky to get to know um, members of my cohort one-on-one -on -one more and more over time. So that's been really good too. And you are right. I do have a new podcast. Um, I It's a little rough around the edges, but that's kind of fun and fine. It's called For the Love of Pod, and it's for a worship community and pedagogy class. So basically, um, my final project was really open-ended. They wanted it to be about the same amount of work that would go into a 20-page paper. Um, so I thought very early on, like, oh, this is my time. This is my podcast. And uh, so the goal is they've been timing out about half an hour each currently there are only two episodes up but almost i realized um this is one of about four or five consecutive podcasting nights that i have lined up for this week almost every day this week i'm going to be talking to someone new and each time i get to know my guest but also because the class is about pedagogy, which means how we teach and how we learn, I ask all of my guests to teach me something that is meaningful to them related to their faith life. So that has been really fun. I am very excited for conversations coming up um, with people whose faith experiences aren't as much like my own. And um, yeah, it's just been a really nice way to connect with people and check it out right now. We are not on uh, Apple Podcasts, but you can find us on Spotify and Anchor and stuff like that. I'm using the Anchor app. So um, you may have to do some digging, but it's called For the Love of Pod. And um, yeah, I'm hoping to get about seven or eight episodes out before the end of December. So they're also releasing Willy Nilly. It's like an exciting, it's like those bands that do secret shows, right? It's, it's kind of like that. You never know when it'll happen and pop up. All right. Well, that's going to conclude our interview portion. Um, going to take a short break. Um, just a quick word. We are not going to talk about the newsletter. Um, if you are interested to know what's going on, go hear about the current financial reports. The, uh, the budget approval stuff is going on. The advent, um, the daily ad advent devotionals are going out. Go check out uh, the 
newsletter at hbclouisville.org if you are interested in that. But we don't really have a lot going on at church um, to really talk about. Like there's no events really happening, right? We're in Advent. Um, and yeah, that's you don't want to hear me just read the whole thing. It yeah. won't be fun and exciting. And we aim to keep it fun. <laughs> yes, yes, fun. So go check out the newsletter if you are looking for news and updates about what's going on. Um, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that little bit of a music selection from the uh, worship service this past weekend. Um, it was a very unique one for us. Um, and uh, in the past, normally we would have, you know, like the, the hanging of the green service. Um, 
and that would have been separate from the morning service. Um, but this year we got kind of like a quasi hanging of the green slash first week of Advent. Um, and it was beautiful. It was different. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you think about it, Erin? I liked it. It took me a moment because they started out, you know, it was the sort of thing where kudos to Walter for occasion. I, I assume it was Walter who uh, does so much of the great um, work to make the logistics happen in the filming and streaming side um, for setting up the camera so the sanctuary could be seen. And so for a second, once we were doing the hanging of the green sort of part at the beginning, I went, oh, okay that's right this is when it would have been and so just getting to really see the sanctuary see the space see the difference and sort of feel that connection was really nice um even though it's a little bit different than it would have been if we'd been in person um so that was kind of fun it was almost like a surprise i forgot and then all of a sudden it was like oh ooh, new camera angles new stuff so that was exciting yeah i definitely feel like that Walter, you're doing a great job. You're really stepping up our game. Um, and yeah, it was nice to see some new points of view in, in the service this weekend, for sure. Um, it was because of that, we had a little shorter of a sermon than we would normally have, which is totally fine. Um, you know, part the beautiful part of the Hanging of the Greens um, is the music. And we did have music. We had a small um, version of the choir um, and they um, sang some of the, the songs we love to sing for Advent. Um, and we also got a sermon. So we don't normally get that in a hanging of the green service, which was nice. So it's, it's very ritualistic. We go through, you know, putting an ornament on a tree, hanging a wreath on the wall, uh, my one of my favorite parts of it is all the little kids taking the poinsettias up to the altar right and all of these things get us preparing for at the advent season so yeah and well and one thing too about the hanging of the green i've only done that service once which was last year um, the year before I had like a family thing that kept me from being at church and the year before that I wasn't Baptist. So, um, I, uh, <laughs> um, so it was really fun too, because I, last year, my parents were in town, I think also for Thanksgiving and came with us. And so it was really fun to be able to share that tradition with them. And it was something new for them. And also growing up Catholic, very big on Advent is its own time we don't decorate until Christmas is upon us, right? And so um, it was really nice because I come from a very festive family. And so even though it was a different tradition, um, they're kind of like, my mom would be so proud of your tree story, for example, David. Like there are so many trees in the Phelps home. It's wild. They're all themed. <laughs> it's great. And so, um, so that connection to, and the idea of connecting, preparing the space to the sort of advent preparing of our hearts is something really nice and it's it's a cool tradition and i'm glad that even if not as elaborate that that meaning could be honored in some way with our normal celebrations and and worship yeah and you know like <laughs> the things i never thought much about is i think about preparing my home we think about preparing the space you know, the awkward part that everybody can't ever agree on is when do you take it all down? So, you know, that's uh, uh, epiphany is the official day to take down your Christmas trees, right? That, But they don't really talk about the rest of your decorations. And so just to, not to get us off topic of like the sermon and stuff, but like I've totally made the decision. I told Stephen, I was like, we will take down the Christmas trees on epiphany, which is my birthday for the record. I'm an epiphany baby, but I'm not taking down the house decorations outside of the Christmas trees until February 1st, which is the, oh, what do they call it? The Christmas, uh, can the candle, candlemas 
Candlemas, mm-hmm. um, which is when I think the French are most known for taking their stuff down at that point. That's when the official holiday ends. So I'm going to leave my Christmas stuff up until February 1st when Candlemas, Candlemas happens. So, yeah. I like that you did your research too. Like you're not just saying, oh, I'll keep it up, but you have a justified timeline and I well, appreciate it. And, and as a very efficient person, the idea of taking it all down in one day seems overwhelming with the amount of stuff I have now. So I'm like, I can totally do the trees that first weekend and then take a few weeks to wait and then take down the rest of it. So. Anyway, back to the sermon. Our proclaimer, of course, is uh, Reverend uh, Mary Alice. Um, And we had um, the gospel lesson was Mark 13, 24 through 37. Um, And the sermon name was Keep Awake, Hope Comes Unexpectedly. Um, So would you like to kick us off on, on the sermon? Yes. So she starts off by talking about, um, as we've learned, we knew this as soon as call weekend and um, have not been disappointed that uh, Mary Alice does do well with a literary reference. And so this was no different. Um, By uh, opening up, there was discussion about Rip Van Winkle. As a side note, never read Rip Van Winkle, but I definitely saw the Wishbone episode and remember when Wishbone woke up with a a little beard and that's how we knew time had passed. Um, And so so, um, David is kindly on mute, but um, he just did some giggles. And so I want everyone to know, like it, you know, David gets the the Rip Van Winkle reference. So um, because the emphasis on this is so much about keeping awake and then the Advent theme of being ready, that that was sort of the introduction to to remind us of the Rip Van Winkle story. If you're not reminded, it's basically a guy, he goes to the woods, he falls asleep, and he wakes up 20 years later. We're not going to question all the logistics, but that is the uh, Washington Irving story um, that ties into the main ideas. So did you have any thoughts on that, David? Yeah, um, it just all comes back to he's a time lord. Um, and, you know, we're, I live a Doctor Who life, and I, I I'm not convinced he fell asleep. I just think he went on a journey with the time with, with Dr. Who and they just came back at the wrong time. But anyway, um, I love the idea behind that story um, and how even 20 years um, and we'll talk about it a little later with the end of the sermon, how much 20 years is, but the whole idea of keeping awake that Mary Alice leads us into um, you know, the idea that um, how many of us have fallen asleep, um, how many of us have woken up this year to some, some very different realities. Um, you know, he woke up 20 years later and things were different. And she talks about that. Um, I feel like there's been a lot of awakenings happening this year around... Um, low-wage jobs, poverty, right? Housing, Black Lives Matter. I think there's, there's been a lot, of, a lot of people waking up and maybe they've been asleep for a very long time. And, um, and the idea or the analogy of sleep to me is, you know, I don't see it, so it's not happening. It, first of all, you said a much more profound thing, but also your discussion about the things we wake up to this year. And also Mary Alice alludes to the way we feel about that or the way we sometimes resist that. Um, It almost makes me think of that meme that circulated and then it kind of quieted down. And now sometimes it's recirculating again of the like, how it started, how it's going. And especially in Mm -hmm. relationship to, you know, like my brain just now put together a little Rip Van Winkle, like, how it started and then how it's going and he wakes up and he's all beauty and confused. And it's kind of that same feeling, right. With the pandemic of, Oh, well, this is how it's going. And, um, and Advent is a time to now be fully awake as she kind of urges us to. Yeah. And, you know, we, we started this pandemic, not to, to take us too much off track. We started this pandemic in Lent, um, very dark time. And she even refers to that a little bit. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you, but, you know, Mary Alice actually said, 
this advent emotionally feels very good friday still and so it's very tough to be suspended in that a little bit so sorry david yeah. didn't mean to cut off if no. you you had thoughts on that you're leading me right into it so we started lent off um in the pandemic uh we didn't have easter right we didn't have these things that we we know and love um and lot lack of hope lack of hope right like jesus is gone we have those three days of mourning and then he's risen right and that's what we're taught that's that's where the light comes back and in our case with the pandemic we haven't had that it's just been it's just kept going um and christmas is the time of hope right we have what is the four words hope joy love and i'm missing one hope joy love is it it i should know i want to say faith but that also doesn't feel right that might be it we'll we'll just go with it it's a general virtue we should have faith anyway uh peace charlie peace. my husband peace. yeah yes yeah we can thank my husband for hearing that and say it's peace but, yeah peace joy love and hope right and so what has happened in the last few weeks we have hope again we have these new vaccines that are coming available hopefully we'll be here by the end of the year that'll be getting distributed that will work and it feels so poignant for this advent season um to go from that super dark that extended lens as i'd like to call it <laughs> I mean, we've, we've not had a lot of hope for a while. We have many reasons, right? So last month was a game changer and we have some hope now. So I, I, I'm excited for, you know, the rebirth to happen. And I don't know that I could have said that a month ago if we were still where we were at in many ways. Yeah, I appreciate that too. Um, it's really funny because I actually literally just a day or two ago was talking with my husband about not knowing how to tap into hope entirely um or how to describe what gives me hope but i think you put it really well and you also mentioned looking forward which um gets to something else we wanted to talk about in the sermon but this idea of well what's coming and what's new and um a lot of the time, so I work at a salon when I'm not, um, you know, doing seminary stuff. And so sometimes in the last couple months, I'll be scheduling appointments for my guests and say, great news, only two more hair appointments and we're done with 2020 or, you know, something like that. And every so often someone will say, oh, it's, you know, they will bring in the reality that just because the new year happens, it doesn't mean that anything changes. Like it, that's true, but it is this sense of we are looking forward. And I think that's as close a thing as any I can say um, about what it feels like to feel hope right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because as many of us know, like just surviving is enough. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've, I will fully admit and be vulnerable that like I have been dealing with some like depression episodes through all this. And that's, that's where I'm at. Am I okay? I'm absolutely okay. I don't want you to worry, but it's just the mood. Like it's hard to take your mind away from it when you can't escape. Right. And so I, as someone who, who I don't want you to, I really don't want people worrying about me when I say that, but I know that I'm a pretty well adjusted person as I would like to think and I worry about people who may not be, right? And that's that's where my my heart goes, and and so that's why I'm hopeful that we'll get we'll get through through this, right? Um, and to take us back to the sermon and just kind of keep our conversation going, you know, we we move. She takes us into um, talking about the scripture um, and talking about how Jesus predicts that the temple will be destroyed. And that following him is going to have terrible repercussions and consequences. Um, and that the disciples' jobs are to stay awake. And that to remember these things, right? To not let their light be extinguished. 
essentially paraphrasing like it gets better or even taking it to the like governor andy's daily addresses right he says we will get through this together like that's that's the best we can do like we all have a part to play and hopefully we're all playing it we are doing our part at our church i think but that's kind of where we're we're rolling right what do you have anything to mention about that one of the very few things that occurred to me as we got ready to talk about this also is um staying awake is um well actually now this is newly occurring to me that and when you were talking about coping uh you actually even talked about your sleep schedule right that like it sounds easy it's you know it sounds like well okay like stay awake be you know or be available alert you know ready to go um but due to tides like you know you said like depression right or just difficulties um first of all um, not to knock on Jesus, but it is biologically impossible for us to be always literally awake. And so what does that mean for us on this spiritual level too? And I'm kind of sitting with that still, even after Sunday. The other thing is um, not to go too deep into the Enneagram, but, um, but if you are into the Enneagram, you know, throw a rock and you'll find someone at Highland who's excited to also talk about it with you. And so the only little thing I'll say is that I am um, an Enneagram type nine, which is technically the peacemaker, but that also means that one of your core, like they call it core sins or core weaknesses or struggles is, um, that is attributed to my type is sloth, right? It's the ability to stay kind of in one place to not get momentum. And so when Jesus tells the disciples and by extension us to stay awake, I'm like, okay, I guess. And so, um, I think even though it can sound obvious, it's, um, it's still important to hear and revisit because for some folks like me, that call, while really important, and Mary Alice tells us why it's so important, can create some discomfort or some um, difficulty when you have those momentum issues. Yeah. And here my problem is, is my problem isn't keeping awake, it's waking up. <laughs> so like literally and figuratively. So like Rip Van Winkle. Sometimes I need slapped in the face, right? Like that's, that's how it works. Um, uh, you know, and then she kind of pushes us forward into, um, back to Rip Van Winkle and the point of view from Martin Luther King, um, and how he loved that story. Um, and she notes about how he slept through a revolution and how much had changed in those 20 years. Um, and I, the, they allude like, the revolution war has happened in those 20 years, right? We had a king and then we had President George Washington. And that's wild, right? Because what's happened this year in this, this year of waking up, right? We've had an election. We're having a one-term president. Thank God. And we are in the midst of this revolution. Like we are at the point where we have to address certain things. We have to address our healthcare system. We have to address our low-wage work, like those things I was mentioning for low-wage workers. We have to address our climate crisis, right? Like we're at the point where this revolution, we're waking up, but this revolution is already in process. It's not necessarily finished. I wish it was, but you know, we're, we're in the moment. Yeah, I love, um that was one of the points in the sermon that just made me kind of like sit up a little straighter and really listen because it's such a huge idea about sleeping through the revolution and um, not wanting to be that person. And it puts the actual scriptural text of staying awake and having one eye open and being ready um, into perspective because it's about being prepared for those around us and um seeing needs and taking part in different ways because also like you mentioned in the text jesus alludes to the fact that following isn't easy um and that's also i think part of that revolutionary nature that um that martin luther king jr was tapping into and that mary alice was reminding us of which is where our Baptist principles kind of get bore out, right? Born out of. 
So it makes sense. I think I think we've we've talked enough about the sermon. Um, I want to go ahead and just thank you so much for your time tonight. And thank you. I appreciate you making yourself available. I am so happy to catch up with you. I know um, I've been absent from things and, you know, we're all missing actual human connection. Zoom fatigue is real. You know, when I sit on video calls all day, it gets real hard to want to get on video calls at night and it's just life, right? Yeah. I appreciate you inviting uh, me into this space and this has been so good and, um, yeah, I'm just also really excited to use this as a means to keep connecting with folks at church too and seeing what they think and keeping us all moving toward that um, revolutionary thought. So yeah, thanks a bunch, David. Awesome. Well, I'm going to leave you all with a quote, which is the last line of the sermon. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to the sermon. It's on YouTube and Facebook. Look up Highland Baptist Church of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh Mary Al- Reverend Mary-, Mary Alice said, may we perpetually look and search and hope for that small, stubborn light on our Advent wreath this season. So thank you again, Aaron. Um, next week, y'all, um, I believe I have to look it up. I have it all lined up and I don't remember who it is. Um, but I will have another episode. I'm going to hit you up, um, every week of this advent. Um, and then we'll be into the new year. So, um, hit us up. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, anchor FM, all of those general places, Stitcher. So, um, thank you and happy beginning of advent. The sermon was called Keep Awake, Hope Loves, sorry. And the sermon name was Keep Awake. What did I write there? Oh, (laughs) I'm totally editing all that out.